if you, how many of you have not heard Brad before? How many of you, it's first time for you to hear Brad? There are, there are a few of you. I just want to let you all know that, that Brad has become one of my dearest friends, and the message that he preaches and the heart of who he is is like no other, and I'm so thankful for him, and you're going to be richly blessed. So with that, let's welcome Brad McClendon. morning. Y'all awake yet? All right. Let's do this quickly. We don't have much time. It's our early morning service, so I want to throw it out there and get in the Word real quick. Y'all want to do that? Turn over to uh, Luke 6. Luke 6. Get your iPads, phones, books, Bibles, when you get there, let me know. It's real important to read the Word these days. Uh, of course, it's important to read the Word, period. But do you know 85% Christians don't read the Word? Isn't that strange? Okay. We really need the Word. Because if, if you come to a service and the guy's preaching, you assume that that's the Word of God. But right. you've got to know the Word of God yourself. And it's very important to read the Word of God so that it can guide you and can lead you and gives you discernment, what's truth, what's not truth. And, and uh, besides, this whole word is actually to give you an encounter with Jesus. This, this word wasn't written for rules. It was written to give you an encounter or to show who Jesus truly is. And if you see Jesus, you will want to walk according to all of his rules. You'll want to be led by his spirit. Are you with me? So this whole Bible speaks of him, every bit of it. Every jot and tittle talks about Jesus Christ, even from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I used to read this word to try to get answers, and now I read it to find a person. If you can find the person, you'll find your answers. Say that with me. If I'll find the person, I'll find the answers. Y'all ever been in love before? Okay, let's just read then. <laughs> Jesus is about to say some profound things. <clears throat> We're going to start in verse 27. And I, I used to look at these things as like rules. Uh, I used to look at them as, well, I got to do it like he's saying. I got to behave like this. And I, I would read it, and I would try to do it because he said it, right? Are we Right? Yeah. Love your enemies. So I'm thinking, I'm coming to the scriptures as a rule, so I'm thinking, man, i got to love my enemies. Man, that's offensive. But I'm going to try because the Bible says it. And you go out there, and you slap your enemy. Right? And I kept asking, Lord, what, I mean, what's going on? I'm doing, I've got, I have a stronghold, you know. How can I do this? He said, you can't do it. You've got to find me. And I said, well, how do I do that? He said, well, don't go and read my words trying to find ways to change your behavior. 
try to find me. And I said, well, I don't know really how to do that, so I'm going to need more of your spirit to, you know, to help this idiot. He said, oh, I can help you. And so I began reading scriptures a little bit differently, and I started seeing things that were hidden in scriptures about Jesus and about his surroundings that really started transforming my life. I don't know if you've ever been around a good person, but when that good person is around you, it's not what they say, it's just who they are. It changes you. It gets on you, doesn't it? Y'all ever been around good people? Okay. You ever been around bad people? Yeah. And if the bad person doesn't have anything to say or they're not saying anything, you can still feel their spirit. So their spirit is speaking, but there's no words or audible things that are going on. So when you get around that person, you can hear it, even though you don't hear it with your ears, you can hear that power hitting you. And before you know it, you're looking at them like, yo, sorry. You know, and you're in that same attitude because that person is speaking to you the way that they're walking in life. And so your spirit is beholding that. And before you know it, you're feeling that, and then you get in the same attitude as that person. Either that or you get scared and you try to change them real quick so you can feel fine. Either way, when you get scared, that person's actually scared, and that's why they're in such a grumpy mode and they're having a terrible life. And so it's going to either hit you the way you feel grumpy just like them or you're going to feel the fear that they're carrying on and you're going to try to change them real quick because they're trying to do that all their life. Well, that was a lot. We could go home on that one. But if you're around a, a person that's walking with the Lord, being led by the Spirit, that same thing starts to happen to you when you're around them. It's not what they say. It's what they're exuding out of their life. And suddenly, without you even studying, without you even trying, things get on you. You, tra you start transforming the same way that they are. And before you know it, you have a great life going on. That's why it's very important to find those divine relationships that God leads you to. All right? Just think about those, those, that principle. And can you imagine hanging around with Jesus? You're either going to change or cough up something. <laughs> it's true. Y'all ever, ever been in a bad mood and, you, and then you come around an anointed person, you just know they're anointed and you're heading that way, you're about to walk in and right as you're about to walk into their house or they're coming to your house or whatever and you can feel them getting close and you're like, oh boy. Because <laughs> you can feel that power that they're carrying and it's about to come in. Right? So you can imagine walking with this wonderful guy named Jesus that loved beyond the horizon line of any man. There wasn't one for him. So he lived it. So if you live it and you're watching it, it transforms you. You'll want to be like that. You start hearing things that are not being spoken. Your life speaks more than your mouth. I'm telling you, it really does. Your life speaks more than your mouth, especially in heaven.
And what we're about to see, Jesus is standing here, and he's, I used to think, be giving rules. But I saw something a little bit different because I started looking for the person and what he's like. Because Jesus would not say something that he's not living. He wasn't a parrot. He didn't just get stuff from the Lord and then speak it like we're taught. He gets stuff from the Lord and he had to live it in order to speak it. Because if you live it and you obey it, it becomes a part of you and then you start being transformed into that love. And when you speak it out of an experience, there's power on it. So when I hang around guys and I've been watching their life and then they speak things that God is speaking to them, I, I can look at them and go, hey, that's the truth because I've watched this guy. Besides, everything the Lord did mainly in his life, it was all public. He never stayed in a building like this and taught his stuff. He'd be out there in the street and just sharing his whole life to everybody and walking to, in front of everybody to allow them to see what it's like to really be like God on the earth. He wouldn't hide himself in a way to where he created cults. He would get out there and walk in front of them. And everybody would watch him. And they'd, some of them would watch what he's speaking, and then they'd watch if he's really walking in it, and they'd go, uh-oh, this guy's really doing the stuff. That's a little bit different, isn't it? He did it all publicly. And so this guy's name Jesus says in verse 27, he says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who, what? Who hate you. I couldn't get that because I would go to the rule and I'd go, Oh, that's impossible, but I'm going to try it. But then I, when I, I realized that, that he's not speaking to give me rules. He's speaking to expose himself of who he is. Because if I can see Jesus and that he's really doing this, then it's going to change me. Because here's what's happening right here. He's actually speaking stuff that he's already walked through. He's, it's already working in him. He's already been tested in hating someone. He's already been tempted to strike someone. He's already been tempted to call out someone. Because all of his life, there were lions and bears out in the crowd to destroy him. So every day, there was this temptation to kill, steal, and destroy. But he would push that aside and lean on the his father's nature, and he would live that way and it would become a part of him so that we could know that it can become a part of us. Yeah. And when I started seeing that, I went, oh my gosh. You're trying to show me you so that you can transform me. But if I look at it as rules, I can't see you, and then I, I'm frustrated all my life. Are you with me? So can you imagine the crowd that's been kind of following him? Even the haters. Can you imagine what's happening in the crowd? 
because he hasn't changed. He's got haters over here. He's got followers of Jesus over here. And then he's got followers that think that they know it all. He's got it all going on. And he has been, he's loved over here, and he's loved over there, he's loved over here, and he's loved the followers as much as he does the enemies. And they're, they've been watching him do this without saying it yet. He's been living it this whole time. But there's a time now he's about to expose who he really is. So the crowd's going, uh-oh. The haters are going, oh my gosh, he's telling the truth. Because they're seeing that he's real. You with me? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. You imagine this going on? What's going on in the crowd? There's whispering going on. The disciples and some of the people that are following, they go, hey, this is true. I know you're visiting right now, but this is true. We've been watching them. You see those guys over there? They hate him, and he's actually been loving them the whole time we've been following him as well. So the testimony of Jesus is going out. Everybody's realizing, oh, my gosh, this guy is this word. And I'm sure haters wanted to follow him after this. I'm sure some didn't. We wanted to continually killing it because Satan can't stand someone that loves past opinions. He can't stand someone that will love people that love them and people that hate them. He can't stand that. Love people that love you, but don't love your enemies. Stay in a place of being good over here and hating over here. That way you can have a little bit of control in your life. Right? But Jesus is not like that. And so he says... He keeps speaking. He says, To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. It's like a leper coming up. And a leper comes up and he goes, Hey, if you're willing... Could you, could you cleanse me? So Jesus is thinking, what, I, what would I want to be done to me if I was a leper? I would want somebody to touch me. I'm going to touch him. This is what I would do to myself. So they're watching. They're not only hearing someone speak something, but they're watching the example of the word. That changes you. You can't have eternal life by memorizing Scripture. It doesn't work. But if you use Scripture to open your mind about a person, that's when you start entering into eternal life. Eternal life is not about going to heaven. Eternal life is about having life and joy and love and peace inside here. It feels like you're in eternity. It's like following love. The person that you're in love with may have a, a wart on their nose as big as California, but
but you can't see it because you love them so much and you go tell everybody about it and how wonderful they are and you can't see all those blemishes and you tell everybody how wonderful they look and then you bring them in the room and they're going, man, that sucker's ugly as a mud fence. But to you, they're beautiful. Because you are being controlled by something that is heavenly, not earthly. So you can look at your enemies and go, you're not going to believe it. Come over here, I want you to meet these guys. These are my enemies, but man, I love them. Hey, come over here, John. I want to introduce you. And they're just going, oh my gosh, what the? That would do something to this world. I've had Jesus do that to me. I have met my enemies right face to face, and the Lord goes, I want you to meet him. I'm going to bring him into your life. I'm like, ugh. No, I want you to meet him. He's a really great guy. No, he's not, God. You're missing this one. See, Jesus was sent on this earth to set captives free, not to bind them. So when he, when he sees someone in jail or when someone wants to kill him, it attracts him to go help them get out. Not to get them changed. He wants them just to have freedom. He wants to have them, internal, have, them have eternal life. Total different attitude. It's like a man. Let's picture there's a there's a uh, there's a let's play play like there's a cage here, and there is a man standing inside there that has a knife that he's it's it's a butter knife, and he's whittled it on the concrete. Not that I've ever done that before, maybe, and gotten it sharp. And he's gotten it sharp over time, and he's in bondage, right? And he's in jail. And here comes this man named Jesus, and he walks up to the gate or to this cage and this man's got a knife behind him and Jesus is looking right at him and knows he has a knife and he's going to die and Jesus just walks up and looks at the man and unlocks the thing and then opens the door looks him straight in the eyes have a great smile on his face he you're free, and turns, and the guy stabs him in the back so that he can get out. And as God hits the ground, he says, you're free now. He never changed his attitude. Then the prisoner hits the floor and goes, oh, God, I'm sorry. Because it didn't matter if the man stabbed him or if he didn't stab him. He still loved him. And if he, I'll take a stab. If you want, if you want a stab, that's fine. I'll take a stab. I just want you out. That's the way he was. That's the way he is today. When he sets somebody free, he sets somebody free. 
He don't care about, he, he can be just a rug that you walk over. As long as you're set free, he's fine. That's the kind of love that Jesus has, not only for this world, but everyone in this room. And those that have accepted him in, his li in their life, that's the kind of love that wants to wake up in us so they can destroy that old man that's in that cage that always wants to stab and do good to good people, do bad to evil people. He wants us to be like him. Are you with me? But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those whom, from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be what? For he is kind to the... Ugh. He gives you inheritance and doesn't want anything back from you. How many of you hear a beating up voice going, you better pay back, boy. You got to pay, pay your penance, man. Man, I got to make it up for the Lord what he's done in my life. How can you be free if you're constantly thinking that way? Because you're inside, subconsciously, you're still judging and putting condemnation on yourself. Now you can't even see the Lord or what he's done for you. I'm telling you, God's better than you think. Jesus is much better than the way you even think about Jesus. And some of us may think that we have the revelation of Jesus Christ. We don't even, we don't even have a molecule of him. A molecule of who he is. But he wants to show himself to us. And he wants to help us look at scriptures so that the scriptures can speak of him. And if we find him, we start coming out of our cage. Let me give you something real quick. <clears throat> Turn over to Luke 23. Remember what Jesus just told us. And now everybody's heard, now everybody's heard this thing because he, he spoke in the open streets. He even told them in, in the courts when he was being, about to be crucified, hey, did I not speak openly in the marketplaces? In other words, I've, I've, I've shown who I am. I haven't changed. And they still crucified him. He didn't just speak. He said, I'm, I basically, I, I wasn't a parrot, and I just spoke the things that I wasn't walking in. You saw how I walked. I, I, was, I lived openly in front of you. And if I have done something wrong, please judge me on it. They couldn't. 
Because they watched his words live in front of them. Which made the enemy even madder. It just, he just got so angry. And so they tried to snuff out love. And so we're about to see love totally expose itself without Jesus speaking. <laughs> so there's a moment in time in, when he comes to the crucifixion where they nail him to the cross in between criminals and he's no longer giving words of how to live and talk and how to treat your neighbor. Now he is going to be that openly in the most powerful way. And everyone that has seen him, everyone, those, some of those that have been in the open markets, even centurions, soldiers would listen to him. History even talks about some soldiers would actually follow him while they were on their, on their job because there was something about him. They didn't, he did not even judge Roman government, and he didn't judge the Pharisees in, in the way we would do, and he didn't judge people the way we do, and they would follow him because they would watch him and want to go, my God, I'd like to be that, like that guy. But man, that, we've been sent to watch over him, make sure he's not making any mistakes. But in, in that, it would get off on them, and they would want to follow him. <laughs> you imagine soldiers following you? They're, they're commanded to watch you, but they love you. Oh, that'd be a pretty good ministry. Can we, could we love in such a way that we even cause our haters to love us? Is this Sunday morning? Okay. Verse 32. There are also two others, criminals, led with him to put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and one on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. That sounds pretty cool, but if we saw him and he's speaking this, our brains would freak out. He's bleeding all over the place. He has urinated all over himself from trauma and pain. From the whips, he, he would urinate and there would be defecations and coming out of his body because his body, you, your body can't handle trauma like that. It just has to release. And so while he's still doing what he commanded, because he, he is this now, and so whether he's in pain and he's twisted and he, does, he can't even control his own body, the Spirit still says, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now just play like you're that centurion and you've been out in the streets watching him say these things and now... At the point of death when he should have cursed everyone, brought down fire, he's now actually proving and sealing it, this is the way I am. 
And the centurion had to help doing it, help do it. And he's still going, I still love you. That's a pretty good man. And they divided his garments, cast lots, and the people stood looking on. But the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. And if he is the Christ, the chosen of God, and the soldiers also marked, mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And they write this inscription on there and says, This is the king of the Jews. They not only mock him verbally, but then they write it. You ever had things written about you that mocks you? Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him. Then the other criminal takes, uh, takes up for Jesus. And this centurion is watching all of this go on. There was a time where, even in John, where the mother's up there and there are people that are, John's there and his mother. And you got to understand, he's, he's into pieces and he's still thinking about putting John with his mother. This is your mother and this is your son. And he's still putting people together while he's divided. And you imagine being that centurion and you're watching this. That's why he yelled out, surely this is the Son of God, the first prophet to ever preach from the cross, a centurion that hung him, got totally free because he could hear voices that were wonderful through a man that was dying. That's your Jesus. That's the type of love he has planted in every one of us in this room. And if we could ever let him out and let him take over, cages would be open with no problem. We would be those just like him to set the captives free because Jesus, through his life, not the things he spoke here, through his life and the way that he was helping people while he's hanging, was prophesying to the centurion, and it was freeing his mind and bringing him out of the cage. The one that had the knife, he was actually freeing him. And it changed his mind, and he prophesied this is the Son of God. Or other translations, and the Bible says, this surely this was a righteous man. Either way... People are not looking for words. They're looking for a life. They're looking for somebody that's just totally possessed by love, possessed by Jesus. He's given it to us, and he wants it out of its cage. So today, before we go at this early morning, <laughs> I just want you to remember Jesus. I asked the Lord, what do you want me to say this morning? 
Could you tell them to remember me? Yeah, I, I can do that. He said, if you could just tell them about me, I'll do the rest. So, that's partly who he is. That love that's in you, that's in you, is a great giant. Let it wake up. Let it break judgments. Let it break all the stuff you've stabbed people in the back with. Let it throw. Let it just cast all the knives out of your hands. Let it cast all the fear out. Because your God loves you right where you are in your cage, and if you ever catch it, the cage is going to open. You'll walk slap out of there. And those that never even accepted Christ in this room, you've never felt his love. You've never, you don't even know that his love exists. It's in this room for you. So I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for us before we go because I know we need to go. We've got an early service. But we're going to continue this story about Jesus in this next service. But let me pray for you. Lord, I just pray that this word that's about you would wake up Christians and would wake up those that have never even met you. That we would look at you even though we have followed you as Christians. We realize we don't know completely all of who you are. So we ask that you would come in and show yourself even more to us. Because we're not living exactly the way that we're supposed to live. We need more of you. So help us. Just as you helped on the cross, that's never changed. You want to help us now. Wake us up. Let us see you. If there's anything we want to do is see our Lord. We want to understand your love. And those that are in this room that maybe never given their heart to this kind of love, to this man called Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that you'd stand right in front of them, right where they sit, right where they sit, and just hold out your hands and say, I'm here for you. And I pray, Lord, that you would allow them just to reach out to you and say, I need you. I need you in my life. When I walk out of this church, I want you walking out with me. I want you walking out with me, hand to hand. Could you be my friend? I don't want you just being my God. I want, I want you to be all of it. I want you to be my friend, my lover. My soulmate, my Savior, my Lord. And if your heart has changed 
toward him in this little old service. When we're done, I want you to just find one of the ministry teams. They'll be standing up here. I want you to just find one of them. Come up here and just talk to them. Say, hey, this is my day. Lord, we love you. Thank you for Sunday mornings. At least gets us in your face. Thank you for this morning. We bless you. I ask that you protect everyone as they go this morning. Protect their children. Speak to their children. Visit their homes. I pray for those that have accepted the Lord in their heart. They wouldn't have to walk through all the religious stuff that we did. You'd take them right to the throne. They'd start understanding the stuff about you that they've never understood before. That's taken years for us to get to. Just show them all of who you are. I pray that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's just say we love you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. Amen.